0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. There is going to be three of us. It's not two of us right now. Phil will be on with us in just a moment. I, of course, am your world traveler, Mark Williams, who is just in Chicago for the Rangers-Blackhawks game. Stay tuned for another Mark on the Road coming, hopefully, this weekend. And I'm joined by uh, a man who is going to be watching Carlos Correa Finish his contract when his daughter finishes high school, Mister Anthony LaRocco.
1: Yeah, so um, Mark, speaking of uh, Chicago, um, did you have any deep dish pizza when you were there? You try it out, authentic? Yeah, style? actually,
0: uh, you know the pizza I got at the one place uh, they were like, "Oh, it's Chicago pizza." Ended up being thin crust, so mm. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go back to Chicago. I need to go and I need to get more, just actual deep dish pizza. I didn't get the authentic. Yeah deep dish. So Anthony, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself as much as, as much as everyone else is, but uh, we're going to also change around the ticker. We're going to give you a little bit of an outline on the show. Uh, there was a lot of news that was made in New York today and other sports. We're going to, we're going to talk about maybe that later, but we're going to start since we're waiting. Uh, since we're waiting for Phil to join us. Anyway, we're going to start with the New York Islanders this week. Anthony, They went well since our last broadcast and in their road trip, their four game road trip, they went one, one, and two. Since our last broadcast, they were one, one, and one. A win over Vegas, a loss to Arizona, and a shootout loss to Colorado. Now they're three, five, and two in their last 10. And they're going to finish this rough schedule with at the Rangers on Thursday and then, uh, versus Florida to close out uh, the Christmas break. Are you encouraged or discouraged by the last three games?
1: Um, I mean, maybe maybe a little bit of both. Obviously, the game, the loss against Arizona um, was bad. You know, they had a two nothing lead and they lost to Arizona, so it wasn't their most finest game. Um, you know, then again, a team like Boston lost to Arizona early in the year, so mm-hmm. um, you know things things happen. But if you look out on the flip side of it, they they beat a good Golden Knights team. Um, rather convincingly, and then you know they lost a a crapshoot to the Avalanche. You know it was, you're talking a zero-zero hockey game through OT. So, um, you know that's yeah, that's three out of four points against some against some good teams. Um, but you know, in it's funny years years past the Islanders, you know, kind of beat the teams they were supposed to, and then lost to maybe some of the better teams above them. Um, this year it seems to be. Uh, the opposite of that. Seems like they, you know, they lose to some lesser teams sometimes. Ar- Arizona twice. They lost to Philly once. Um, you know, and they beat they beat good teams. You know, New Jersey, they beat Carolina early in the year. Uh so lost to uh, Arizona again. They got yeah, swept by Arizona. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um so, you know, it like I said, it's 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 a little bit of both, but um I was encouraged how they played against Vegas. And then, uh, you know, a game against Colorado, they were on their heels the majority of the time. But, um, you know, they were they were essentially backed up at Ilya Sorokin when things did break down. You know, he he was on a little bit of a slump. You know, he had a five five game losing streak, Um, you know, for him. You know, he's used to dominating everywhere he plays. So um, I'm I'm sure that weighed on him a little bit. Uh, I sent you that that screenshot of uh, the message that Corey Schneider delivered to him before before the game and having a veteran like that um you know kind of kind of soothe him I think helped um and he busted out of his slump in a big way I mean a 46 save shutout it's funny enough he still gets credited with a loss which is <laughs> yeah. it's pretty funny um, you get a
0: sh- you get a shutout and a loss
1: yeah but he, he was he was outstanding during that game um and you know with Semyon Simeon uh out right now day to day um it's gonna be Sorokin carrying the workload so uh, he found the, the perfect timing to hopefully break out of this slump. Um, you know, and the one thing that kind of speaks volumes about it, Mark, is despite, you know, his little slump that he was in, um, he's still fifth in the league in, in save percentage with been shouting dif- shouting distance of, you know, second only by mm-hmm. a few points. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be his net now. I mean, Varlamov has been has been really good when he's been called upon. But like I said, right now he's out. Um, and I suspect Ilya Sorokin to play the back to back against the Rangers and the Panthers. Um, I don't think the Islanders have really any intention on in actually using Corey Schneider unless it gets to a point where, you know, Varlamov is out weeks and they have to give Sorokin a rest. But um, in the meantime, it's, you know, it's his net. Uh, and, you know, as, as for the rest of the team, um, you know, again, they, they, they're missing Adam Pellick a lot. You know, Adam Pellick. Uh, Mark is is their best defensive defenseman. Uh, we all talk about Noah Dobson and how much how many strides he's taken. He's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more of an offensive defenseman, but Pellick leads the charge defensively. Plays so many important minutes. Um, can skate with anybody in the league. And if you look uh, before he got injured, uh, I think there were five and five and two in the prior seven games up until he got hurt. Since he got hurt, they're two two and two. So um, you know shows without him in the lineup, there's there's a huge difference, but um, you know, Brock Nelson still leading the charge at a point per game, Um, you know, so they just right now uh with the way the Metro is compacted so tightly, uh, they just need to get keep compiling points, Um, you know, and that's and that's not any different than than the Rangers, you know, the Rangers only three points ahead of them. You know, we saw, you know, just a week or two ago, it's basically flip flop. So that could change in a heartbeat. So. This metro division mark is what first first and sixth place is separated by eight points or six points? Yeah, um, it's, uh, so I'll, okay, it's, is
0: that exact number? I believe it is six.
1: It's eight. No, so the hurricane, yeah, the Sorry, Hurricanes are forty six points, and the Islanders and Capitals are thirty eight. So, um, yeah, that that that's how close it is. And you know, these games are going to be really important against the Rangers, especially uh, obviously the game against Florida too, but more specifically tomorrow because it's an in division opponent. But um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, overall kind of, kind of mixed bag for the Islanders, but you know, the good thing is they're, they're right there with anybody else, you know, in a couple of days from now, you know, they could easily be third in the Metro depending on how everything else shakes loose. So um, as long as, you know, uh, Sorokin's out of this slump, which, you know, by last game he is, I think they're going to be fine.
0: You know, I just, I'm not sold on it. Exactly. I mean, Kyle Mm -hmm. Palmieri, uh it having an injury is going to be a hindrance because one yeah, good he, thing he came, about
1: not to cut you off but he, he he missed a lot of games he came back in that Arizona game took a real big shot to the head again and now he's you know he's out again so um you know I don't know when he will be back but yeah go on because I mean, the hard part is you get guys from the AHL
0: coming up and then mm-hmm. They're either paying strict attention to detail to make sure they got their defensive assignments or they're blowing them left and right. And fortunately for the Islanders, Sorokin has bailed them out more often than not. Just to quote this statistic that you said, uh, you sent to us Sorokin uh, has 13 career shutouts and 94 career starts. That is 13.8% of the time he's allowed zero goals. Wow. That's so most of um, modern.
1: Uh... Most in modern history. Most since in modern
0: history, history. And actually, it's when you say modern history, modern history really should be the post-expansion era. This is going mm-hmm. back to World War II. It's the most in modern history, minimum 90 starts since 1943 to 1944. The concern I would have right now is that there are lots of guys with the Islanders that are kind of slumping right now that need to pick it up. Obviously, Brock Nelson's not one of them. He's <laughs> always doing well. But... Uh, he, They're going to need to do more. And the guy that is really the backbone of the team is he's, if Sorokin's back to doing what Sorokin does, the Islanders could at least tread water. That's what they're doing. One, one and one this week. Um, If you want to go back to last week, one, one and two uh, since we broadcast on Wednesdays and then, you know, they have a proverbial four point game coming up against the Rangers. Mm -hmm. Because if, if the Rangers go out, and and beat them then and opens up a little bit more space they already have that three-point lead and we talked about this when the rangers were struggling and we were kind of freaking out a little bit over here uh about uh, and you were the convoys you were the convoys uh you were just saying hey it's early don't worry they can at least get things done if you don't want to be too far behind we're going to talk more about that with metropolitan playoff teams in our bar talk segment but it's one of those things that it's it you don't want to get too far behind the eight ball and coming out of the break. Uh, they still have, I believe it's the Pittsburgh penguins that they have immediately. That's coming up. Sorry, everybody. I had this information. Yeah, they, got ready the, to go.
1: they got the rain, and, the Rangers on Thursday, the Panthers on, on, uh, Friday. And then they got the penguins on Tuesday.
0: Yeah. The penguins. And then Columbus, I think you gotta, I think you gotta cash it. Well, you definitely got to cash it on the Columbus game. That's an obvious one. And then the red wings right after that. And, you know, Buffalo's got a guy that's playing really well, too. So that's, that's just another thing. And then the following week, to get the Penguins right over, right up again. The good thing, this is where the Islanders can look back and also say, Anthony, it's a good thing they only get three or four games against divisional opponents this year. If it was, like, a lot more, the Metro, the, every Metro-Politan bo- team could be in serious trouble. Yeah. But, uh, Anthony, by the way, what are your thoughts on Kel McCarr waving off a tripping penalty against Matt Barzell?
1: <laughs> yeah um that's uh that's the ultimate um gentleman right there right uh you know matt barzell said that you know it was it was obviously really honorable and he even admitted he, he's not so sure he would done he would have done the same thing um <laughs> but yeah I, I couldn't believe that I, i've never seen that before probably we won't see it again but uh cal mccarr was was real was real honest with the ref he's like no 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 he's uh <laughs> that that was me that wasn't Matt. wow I don't know. You, you, you can't help but just marvel at that when you think about it because that doesn't happen
0: in today's sports, no matter what yeah. it is. And no, no matter what, it. what if there was on the line, like the yeah. game was on the line at the time. And a matter of fact, that could have been the only goal in the game. The Islanders power play has actually been pretty good over the last, oh, well, yeah. it was doing really well until recently. But I mean, it's, that would have been huge.
1: Yeah. But, you know what, I mean, back to the the Islanders, the good thing is the Rangers always seem to bring out the good in them. Um, And, you know, having playing the Rangers tomorrow, uh, you know, really all bets go out the window when those two teams play. You know, the Rangers are playing better hockey right now. But, again, um, when they meet, uh, it's literally, you know, 50-50 a a coin toss. And, you know, to me, the interesting thing is, Mark, you know, it's been talked about in the prior, what, two meetings, are we finally going to see the Igor versus Ilya matchup um, tomorrow? Um, and I think we are because Sorokin's definitely playing. Varlamov out. And I, I would mm-hmm. assume Igor will play. However, if you look at Shisterkin's stats against the Rangers, he's 1-7-1 with an 884 save percentage and a 313 goals against average. So he does not perform well against the Islanders. So I wonder if that will maybe convince Gallant to start Halak um, and we once again get shafted out of an Igor Ilya matchup. But um, I, I think possible. we
0: need to get that matchup going mm-hmm. in this series, not just for the fans, but you also need it for the starting goaltenders. You don't want to get into a, a uh, Roger Clemens versus the Mets situation where it looks like he's ducking them. And then it takes like three or four years until he finally shows up. Yeah. And then there's a week, there's a weak <clears throat> ball thrown behind his back. That was a different story, but it's, um, it, it you know, you, you need to start getting these these goaltenders to face each other because in a playoff series, you're not having Yaroslav Halak against uh Ilya Sorokin or Igor Sesterkin against Simeon Verlamov. And there's that would narrative, uh, by the way, was always around Henrik Lundqvist and then the Montreal Canadiens for a while, yeah. and then he beat him in two playoff series, yeah. So, but uh, Islander fans, we want to know what more you're thinking about, and uh. You know, how is this week? I mean, you treading water. Is that all you need to do until after Christmas, pick it up, get get the games going? Put it all down in the comments below. Everybody, don't forget to leave a like for us because that helps the YouTube algorithm and appease the YouTube gods. So we're still waiting for John to join us. He'll join us pretty much any minute. I, uh,
1: I, I And if he's, I think he's referring to Soroka and Shesterkin playing against correct. each other. I'm pretty sure they have.
0: I think it was think, the, the St. Patrick's Day game.
1: I think they have. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, th- I think it was St. Patrick's Day. That was about it.
1: Yeah. Because 2020
0: opening day, it was Sisterkin versus Varlamov. The next day was when they, well, they shelled Sorokin.
1: Are you talking about Sor- Actually, Sorokin's first ever game was against the Rangers? But right. But that, that was,
0: Georgia was in net for that.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's because, and it was only because Varlamov got hurt in warmups. If you Correct. Remember. And yeah. then
0: uh, I think there were a couple games like that. Later, but again, he always faced Verlamov. So it's it, by the way, there's also that, that feeling of facing your countrymen and friend. that happens all the time, and really good friend. Yeah, so but not just that, there's also that feeling with, with Simeon Verlamov. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Verlamov's been a slouch
1: goaltender his
0: entire career
1: either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but uh, he shut out he shut out the Rangers four times at MSG. What was that last? There were three times last year, Yeah, three times. I think it yeah. was, I think it was even four straight times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that, but I think that spanned over two years and,
1: and that, and that's why he started when they played last at the garden, when the, when the Islanders came back because yeah. has such success at the garden. Yeah. And and look,
0: I'm, I'm tired of having Islander goaltenders with a lot of success at the garden because the one of them that doesn't have much success at the garden uh, or had a lot of success in the garden, had no success at the garden recently, and you're a lock. So, we could yeah. really get more of that. And you got perfect timing, Phil, because now we have joining us right now the man who finished second in voting for the Yankees captain, Mr. John Fulkowski.
2: Yeah, I wish.
0: <laughs> All right, well, because. If there's anything we need to turn to, we need to turn to our New York Rangers resident expert that's right over here who also saw the Rangers beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Chicago Blackhawks this week, but they would lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins, ending their seven-game win streak in a 3-2 loss. Philk, during that win streak, the Rangers 50% on the power play, that was was best in the NHL. 88% in the PK, third in the NHL. Most in goals, four per game, and tied for third in goals against per game. They raised their goal differential from plus three to plus 18. What have we learned about the Rangers the last two weeks?
2: Whatever issue that there was going on in the locker room, whatever schism there was, it seems like it's been ironed out. That's the biggest thing right now to me, because the way that they're playing, the body language, the energy that you're getting, um, it's a completely different story from before that. Um, Obviously, you're going to look back at the Truba helmet throne and say, you know what? Hey, everything has changed. And, you know, maybe that's the turning point in the season. Maybe that's what they needed. Maybe that's the proverbial kick in the ass. But um, they're playing with structure which I, I like, I like this comment. Um, it's not even just defensively responsible. There's just more of an effort to, to play defense as opposed to where they were, um, a few weeks ago. And I, I think that's what Jacob truba might've been getting at is that some players need to start giving it more in their own end. Like you're seeing Artemi Panarin backcheck check more. He didn't have a great game last night. I think he needed to be a little better in that regard last night, but, um, Uh, the players are stepping up and they're making plays that they weren't making before defensively. And they're playing honest hockey that you have to play come playoff time to win games. And that's the biggest thing I've noticed in regard to that. Uh, Braden Schneider made two plays last night that would have stopped potential goals one early on. And then um, in the first few minutes of the game, Ryan Lindgren uh, turnover, you know, he had a, he had a bad game last night, Ryan Lindgren. But he's been better as of late. Adam Fox has been playing better defense as of late. Keandre Miller looks more like Keandre Miller the second half of the last season in the playoffs as of late. I mean, the kids look great again. And and now they're being relied more upon and they're getting more ice time. Just a lot of things are going right with this team. Last night, I'm not going to get too mad at it because the Rangers were definitely screwed by the referees. Uh, Pittsburgh had a lot of help last night. A lot of help. A lot of missed mm-hmm. calls in their favor. Um, I don't even want to hear anything from Penguins fans because they have nothing to complain about with the calls that they got away with last night. But um, the Rangers also hit three posts. Uh, that game should have been 4 nothing before Pittsburgh even scored a goal. So sometimes it just goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think overall they still played pretty well last night. Um, this is a completely different team. Everything about this team, the way that they – the way that they're talking, the messages, the demeanor—they um, had more of like an, an ominous tone to like the way they were speaking in interviews previously. You don't you don't see that, um, and now it, it just it seems like things are changing for the better. So yeah, and the Rangers definitely do lead the league in post this year because Vinny Shrochek is probably the league's leader.
0: If they kept that stat, yeah, they would definitely. Um, But, yeah, the, the number one performance-enhancing drug is confidence. And you're starting to hear that a little bit more with them. How, Phil, we were talking two weeks ago that it seemed like Igor Sisterkin was starting to feel the pressure, it, that the kids weren't being used. I Even still don't one. like the usage on the kids. I still don't. The, there was under 14 minutes a game in many games in those streaks. You got to use them more. Got, got, You got to worry about Barkley Goudreau being down in the lineup, not on the first line. I know it's working right now. It's not going to work forever. Maybe they move Vitaly Kratsov up.
2: But they did last night for a bit.
0: Yeah, and they, and they did. And then they moved him right back down again. He played well. Yeah. Vitaly Kratsov has looked a lot better. And I've been his biggest critic. I, I've been his, his biggest critic. The question is, though, are do they, 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 they put themselves in a good position? To make, to make to at least make the playoffs now because if they went five and five in this stretch they'd be down with buffalo so that's what you need to do sometimes you just need to pick up the points and they picked up points against good teams so we're going to see more about that in a little bit yeah, Anthony, what are your thoughts, thoughts on the rangers in the seven game winning streak
1: ebbs and flows ebbs and flows this that's that's what hockey's about you know they they we're looking like a really struggling team with a lot of issues. And, you know, now they rattled off seven in a row. Um, they beat they beat some good teams. Uh, and they also took care of business and beat teams they're supposed to beat. And, you know, in the teams like uh, Philadelphia and Chicago, but Chicago, man, they are abysmal. Connor Medard on the way. But, um, you know, that they they got the job done. They were on the schedule and they beat them. Um, they're playing with a lot more confidence. Uh, I think they, as they mentioned before, the commenter, they're playing with much more structure to their game, which helps a, a lot. Um, I think the kids are, are playing better, led by Philip um, They look pretty good. Um, and just things are clicking right now. You know, you, you, saw it, you saw it with the Devils, boys, early in the season. Um, and now, on the other hand, the Devils are 0-4-2 on, in their last six games with a really tough schedule coming up. So, um, you know, it, it was funny when, the Rangers were kind of struggling. We, we looked at the standings and said, all right, well, the Devils are already, what, 16 points ahead of them, whatever it was, 15 mm-hmm. points ahead. You know, the division's lost. There's no way they're catching Jersey. Now, all of a sudden, they're in shouting distance. So um, you know, that's that's really that's really how it goes. You know, sometimes you could you could rattle off a lot of wins and um, feeling good. And if the teams bull- above you start to slip a little bit magically, you're, you're back in it. Um, and now the Rangers are right in the thick of things. Um, as we said before, you know, Phil got on. Um, the Metropolitan Division—it's tight. You're talking eight points from first to to six, which is the Capitals in that sixth position. Um, so I don't I don't think any of these teams are, are going away. Um, you know, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Capitals. The even though the Devils are are struggling right now, they're right there. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight. Uh, and the Rangers did what they had to do to to get back in the mix. Um, you know, now for them it's, you know, we, we had the tough loss against Pittsburgh. It's about not letting it get some more losses piled up. You don't, you don't want to lose the Islanders tomorrow. Now you're looking at two in a row and then you play that third game and, you know, when you drop that and then it's three and maybe things start to turn again where you start to question yourself. Okay. Well, you know, was that just a little blip, you know? So they, they need to now get on a run where, okay, you lose one, but now let's go and win three more in a row or four in a row. Um, but right now they're, they're playing good hockey and, I'm expecting a really good tilt tomorrow night at the Garden between two teams that are are trying to, you know, move up the Metropolitan Division rankings. By
0: the way, scarier that they're not going to see each other the rest of the year after that, correct? Ridiculous. Yeah, Ridiculous. That's, that's unbelievable. Stupid. That's unbelievable. Uh, Philk, final word on the Rangers right now.
2: Ebbs and flows is definitely something you would normally um, come across in hockey, and I, I get why Anthony says that. But I, I think this is more than ebbs and flows. I, I, I think this is a team just coming together. And there was something that was definitely going on behind the scenes that contributed to whatever was going on and, and just the poor results that they were showing. I, I think something needed to be said. Maybe Jacob Trouba, this is his stand as a leader. Maybe this is the team coming back together. Or maybe this is them saving Gerard Gallant's job. I don't know what it is exactly. We'll never really know until you know, probably way far down the road, and then some article come out talking about this little blip that they went through. I guess, but um, I, it's just a different team. It, it a lot of purpose. I, I just wish they would have played a little stronger in the second half of the game last night. Mm-hmm. Tristan Jari was good, but they they beat they had him beat a few times and just. Puck luck just did not go their way, and the referees didn't help them out either. So we'll get Pittsburgh back the next time we see them.
0: And also, Phil, the other thing to mention, never mind the tripping call, the non-tripping call on Mika Zabanajad, but you put Sidney Crosby on the power play and Evgeny Malkin, obviously, two times in a row. They're going to capitalize nine times out of ten. I know what the percentages say. They're not that great this year. Those are the last two guys I want on the power play. Yeah, So definitely. uh, all right, so everybody, what's your thoughts on the New York Rangers and the recent streak? Are they going to be losing two in a row? No, hopefully not. Or at least can't wait for tomorrow night's tilt. Throw your comments down below, and don't forget, everybody, to leave us a like and appease the YouTube gods. But, so I know I bragged about it a little bit, or a lot, in the last couple like days that I went to Chicago this week for the game. Great city. Can't wait for that video to come out, hopefully, this weekend. But, guys, I saw everybody congregated around TV for, yes, it was the World Cup final, but I can't tell you how many Messi shirts I saw. So, also, in honor of Lionel Messi, I have to ask you guys this question. What NHL players would you like to see win a Stanley Cup right now? Other than, obviously, on your team, but you can feel free to say that. Phil, I'll start with you.
2: David. Um, I would definitely like to see Connor McDavid win one because the minute he wins that first cup, they're they're immediately going to start talking about him as a top ten player of all time. That that would just boost him right up into the conversation. He's on a trajectory already to be that type of player with the amount of scoring trophies and MVPs he's won through his first what seven or eight seasons now. It, it it's stupid, but um, yeah, Connor McDavid winning a cup would really. People would really start talking about him as a potential top five player of all time when it's all said and done.
1: Yep, and Anthony. Um, I mean, this. I think there's there's a lot of guys that would I would like to see you know w- win a Stanley Cup. Um, but you know, one guy that that comes to mind is um, is Joe Pavelski. Um, I think uh, he's been he's been around a long George, time. Um, you know, he's 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 a guy that um would score goals but not afraid to you know grind it out and do what he has to do to win a hockey game um and you know seems like he's a pretty good person too so i think it would be pretty cool to see a uh, little joe get a taste of the cup you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> took my answer all right well i mean if it was last year it would definitely be jumbo joe thornton uh so now i have to go with my backup answer yeah, uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd love it because it would be a great tale about a guy the American kid bringing home a Stanley cup to Toronto who couldn't even get out of the first round. And of course it would be proving yet again that he's up there in a stratosphere. He's not McDavid's stratosphere yet. He's in a different level all, all, all to his own. Like he's, he's just an elite player. And I would love to see, I would love to see an American kid, of course, win up there and and bring home a Stanley Cup. And uh, so, yeah, because I was gonna say Joe Pavelski. So thanks a lot, Anthony. <laughs> all right, all right. But going around to the to other sports, guys, if you could just rattle a few off, Phil. I'll start with you. Who would you like to see in any other sport win?
2: Well, I'd like to see Aaron Judge win one.
0: I have a feeling a lot of us were going to say Aaron Judge, by the oh, way. Aaron Judge is a
1: good one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, he, and obviously, because I'm a Yankee fan, but, I mean, he's a class act. He is just an, an absolute treasure of a human being. Um, he's the face of Major League Baseball right now. He, he's in the biggest market. Um, he's just great with the fans, uh, spends his time with charities, He's such a marketable, down to earth type guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. He's a larger than life personality. And he is practically larger than life itself at six, seven, and 280 pounds or whatever he is. But I mean, if you don't like Aaron Judge, there's something wrong with you because he's just a genuinely good human being. So Aaron Judge is at the top of my list outside of hockey.
0: All right. Well, let's go over to what's your baseball guy, Anthony? Say it again. What's your baseball guy you'd like to see win, or do you have one, or, or are you just um, focusing on one?
1: I would probably say Lou Whitaker or or Alan Trammell.
0: Okay. All okay. Right. okay. So going to the past for that one, but yeah, <laughs> I ain't been nobody now.
1: Um, not no one right off right top top of my head. Um, but I will say in the NFL, um, my boy Josh Allen. Um, I would like to see him capture the Vince Lombardi Trophy. I mean. Um, kind of like what Phil said about judge, Josh Allen's just a good person. I mean, he does so much charity work in Buffalo area hospitals. Um, such a, you know, down to earth guy. I mean, he was born in California, but you know, he played college football in in Wyoming. He has that, he has that small town type of guy feel genuine guy kind of talk to anybody. Um, you know, and he, you could tell that he truly, truly loves the city of Buffalo and, and being a bill and embracing that bills mafia with the fans. Uh, um, and obviously, he's super, super talented. I mean, the guy's 6'5", what, 240, and he runs like he's the size of, like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, a smaller guy uh, with his agility. Um, and he loves the hurdle, Mark. He'll, he'll jump, he'll jump yep. right over you. He'll and go he can, through and He can definitely do that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then more importantly, obviously, the Bills never won a Super Bowl. So, for him to do it and bring the first Super Bowl trophy to Buffalo and make it extra special.
0: Well, I'm going to go around the leagues because I had enough time to think about this. Uh, baseball, I was hoping somebody was going to say Mike Trout so I didn't have to. And I'm still going to say this for the record. I would love to see Jacob DeGrom win a World Series. That guy pitched his his butt off for the New York Mets, and he was just a joy to watch. It, it kind of irks me that I'm not going to watch him as a Met fan anymore. Going to football, I, I would have to go with Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, either one uh Allen, of course great and and jackson even uh, speaking about guys playing their butts off i always think that guy his next run might be his last basketball it's chris paul although he <clears> does <throat> deliver nut punches the guys but that's a different story and uh i'm gonna throw this one out there for golf tony finau so uh I, he's a guy I don't even head on. Yeah. yeah yeah you guys got anybody else you want to give a shout out for a little bit of support
2: well, I mean, <laughs> biased here again because I'm a Giants fan, but Saquon Barkley is just—he's another just salt of the earth human being, <laughs> and he's just just an amazing guy, an amazing talent, and I, I would love to see him win. If it—if I was picking outside of my own team in the NFL, wow, <laughs> um, that's tough.
0: But by the way, Falk, I got to defend you on that one. Just because you're, you're, you're saying it's biased, but you got box seats to see how great of a guy Saquon Barkley is. I mean, I would love to throw. I, I thought about Saquon Barkley too, especially everything he's been through. Saquon Barkley, yeah. I mean, and then the knee injury and then to the come back from that and, and just,
2: yeah, um, he's just great. I, I, I mean, in baseball, I, I, I would say probably – you know what? Um, I, I would I would have said Mike Trout previously, but he made his choice to take the money and stay in Anaheim. Um. Huh, let's see, baseball. I'd probably say um, maybe Jacob DeGrom.
0: Yeah, because I mean, damn, it
2: just uh, it, he just he's just great. He's just incredible, and um, I mean, I know he left the Mets, but he's just he's so good.
0: Um, I mean, uh, DP's got a good one right here. James Dolan deserves a championship. Dolan, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And <laughs> uh, yeah, Az has got Julian Phillips on the Miami Dolphins. Um, uh, B right. if it's future Yankee, we <laughs> that's gonna be there. Hey, Lauren's here. So, all right, so we're gonna just finish up this section and get over to bar talk. But so. Who else do you guys think should be, uh, or is a, as a player that you're rooting for? You'd love to see them win a championship. I mean, of course, I mean, one of your favorite moments, Philk Ray Bork. Ray Bork. And everybody was behind him the entire time. So, here we go. Let's uh, just clear that out. And yeah, let's do some bar talk,
1: guys. Shot. This is the easiest cyber dancer. Let me see here. I can't even begin to describe.
0: I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So-so here? Or, oh, God, I need a shot for this. Don't forget to play along in the comments below. And, Mr. Filkowski, i got to start with you on this one. Taking a look at his stats, Leibor Hayek, one goal and a plus four rating, and the Rangers actually have been playing Ben Harper over him. The Rangers need to cut ties with Leibor Hayek.
2: I'm going to buy around round on this. Um, I know that it's good to have bodies for depth, and Leibor Hayek has actually played okay. Like, he's not really hurt the team too, too much this year. So um, I, I I still gotta buy around on it though because I, I I like Harper the way Harper's played even though Harper hasn't been um, great himself but he he's been all right like he hasn't really hurt the team or helped the team too too much he's made some decent plays at times um, I like the physical play and the size that he brings um, but yeah I, I gotta I gotta buy around on this because I, I just think they need to move on from the remnants of that trade and just.
0: Get on with it and move on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, ju- I'll jump right in on that one, Anthony. I'm going to buy around on it too. It's it's great. It, so, you know, it's cr- credit Liberal Hayek. He's played pretty well this year, but it's obvious that they're better without him. So I'm going to move on from that one.
1: Anthony, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go beer because when you say need, I mean, it, he's not, he, he hasn't hurt the team um, really dramatically. Um, he's, he's fine as a number seven or number eight you know, veteran depth guy. Um, I, mean, I agree with everything you guys said, but um, need, I don't know. Like, I mean, with him or without him, it's not really going to affect them too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's not going to affect them, but also if it's like one of those guys that just keep on hammering into the into the lineup all the time, just a little bit, it ends up wearing on people. By the way, I forgot to play this before for the, for the Rangers thing. Gentlemen. You had my curiosity, but now you
1: have my attention.
0: Yeah, so I had to at least get that in there somewhere. Anthony, Adam Pellick is out with an UBI since December 6th. We think it's a concussion, correct?
1: <laughs> we think it's yeah. and, <laughs> All right. and NHL rules. Come on, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And the New York Islanders are 2 without him. The Islanders desperately need back Adam Pellick. You alluded to it earlier, but... Your, your team first.
1: I mean, yeah, round. Um, Adam Pellick, uh is the, you know, the guy who drives their defense on the defensive side of the ice. You know, Noah Dobson clearly one of the is becoming one of the better um, offensive young defensemen in the league. Uh, but Adam Pellick, you know, he's the Islander's strongest defender. You know, obviously, you know, Pollock's really good, too, on his own. But when they're together, that's when they're at their best. And Adam Pellick plays in such key minutes for them, penalty kill. Um, he's, he's long rangy. He, he skates really well for a bigger guy. Um, you know, he's just, he's just so solid And you know, for matchups, um, you know, he's there, he's their guy. And, you know, without him, um, you see everybody else trying to pull their weight, you know, Sebastian actually hasn't really been bad and, and Salo hasn't either, but um, they need Adam Bel- Adam Pellick back there on the left side of the defense. Um, they're just so much better as a unit when he's healthy Um, There's no secret he had his coming out party over the last, what, three years as one of the better shutdown D in the league. Um, And without him, you know, the Islanders defense suffers. So hopefully he can come back soon. Um, I don't know. Hasn't skated yet. But, yeah, they they need him back. Phil. What is
2: there left to say after
1: that? (laughs) What
2: what exactly am I going to say other than what Anthony said there? Yes, yeah. this is a round. And I think that we should, every time that you pose a layup question like that, we should have you play a clip of an NBA player hitting a layup because that's what it was. It's just a
0: layup. Well, fortunately there are going to be ways to figure that one out to do it on Streamyard, So I'll be doing that. <laughs> and by the way, I, I, you know, I'm going to take you up on that Phil. I'm actually going to make that happen because I'm going to say the word round two and also say, what else can I say after John just said everything he just did? So there you go, Philk. All right. By the way, the Islanders uh, with Pelic 2.7 goals against per game. It's gone up 2.83. So, yeah. And currently, currently, by the way, both New York teams reside in the wild cards. The Rangers are the first wild card. The Islanders are tied for the second one. Guys, the Metro Division will send five teams to the playoffs this year. Philk, I'm starting with you.
1: I'm going to say
2: beer. Just because I, I think it's highly probable that this does happen. So the Carolina Hurricanes are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think both the Rangers and the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. I think Pellick's going to come back. They're going to write their ship. They're going to be okay. I really wonder about the Devils, though. And I think they eventually will, but I think they're going to make it by the skin of their teeth if they do. And then you have, uh, you know, obviously you have the Hurricanes and the Penguins, really. So it's a matter of what it comes down to, with Washington or the Devils. Do, does, does Backstrom get back in time to help them out? Tom Wilson hasn't also played a game this season either. So they're, they're without two top six forwards right there and two big difference makers for them. That's the big thing for me. So does is it gonna be Washington or the Devils? that's what I really come down to because aside from the big three in the Atlantic right now the three uh, division occupants I don't see anybody else from the Atlantic making it
0: so mm-hmm. even though we're gonna talk about one team in the Atlantic in a moment Anthony
1: I'm gonna go round you know because the the Sabres have 34 points they're, they're the next Atlantic team out of a playoff spot the lightning have 41 um not so not not like a a huge hole, but I don't, I don't think the the Sabres or the Panthers are going to catch either of the lightning Bruins or Maple Leafs. Um, And there are five Metro teams already in the playoffs. Um, Even though Buffalo is playing well, I I, I don't see them or Florida bumping, you know, either of the Capitals, Rangers, or Devils out of a playoff spot. So I think you are going to see five Metro teams going to the playoffs this season. And guys, I'm going to go round two, and
0: I'm just going to go with the math because it's going to take a Herculean winning streak for one of those Atlantic teams to get in the shouting distance of the Metro teams. And the Metro teams still have Washington sitting at sixth place. So that's that's another thing. They're tied with the Islanders right now, and they're on, uh, I think, 7-2-1 in their last 10, Washington is. Uh, yeah, 7-2-1. So right now, that, if you're the Atlantic team, you better hope You get hot. That's not going to happen with Detroit. That's not going to happen with probably the Panthers either. More on that in a moment. And why don't we just move on to – well, we got one more topic for the Metro Division before we go on, guys. Look at these numbers put up by uh, Pyotr Kochekov. I had the last name. Couldn't get the first name right, guys. 10-1-4, 1.94 goals against two – sorry, a 9 2.8 to eight to save percentage. Kochekov is playing his way into Calder competition, boys. And I'm going to buy everybody around on this one because he took over for Igor Sesterkin in the KHL. And now it's it looks like he's just another guy that they produced that's going to – I mean, all these Russian goalies that are taking over the league. I kept on saying for years, I'll, where are the Russian goalies? But now they're here. So, yeah. Filk.
2: It's, it's funny because a comment before, I think it was from Lauren, um, trying to find that. It, it was uh, a comment about uh, it's the year of the Russian goalie, I think he said. Yes, there it is. Okay, so this is the year of the Russian goalie. No, this is, this is the era of the Russian goalie. Remember when the Finns had the explosion with the goalies in like the 2000s? Yep. Yeah, this is, this is it right here. We're seeing it with the Russians. Uh, it's something they're doing with their training. I don't know what it is, but they're just incredible right now, all these Russian goaltenders. And I- I'm buying around on this. I'm looking at the, the Calder field. I mean, Matty Beners is really right at the top of it. And then you have Kuchetkov, And then who else is really right after them?
0: Uh Logan Thompson, I'd put Logan, him at a check off right another now. One.
2: I mean, this could be a year where you have a forward and two goalies as the three finalists. Now, I don't think that's happened in a while. Could uh, Manko just, does, does he technically qualify as a rookie? I think he does, but I'm not sure about his age. That's the thing. All right. So, no, 26. Now he wouldn't qualify because he's over the age limit, I believe.
0: Right, but by the way, you got guys like Matias uh, Maselli, or, so, yeah. I, I mean, Cole Perfetti is doing stuff, and uh, you got Jack Quinn in, in Buffalo, but I'm just, you know, other than Matty Beniers, I'm not really seeing it. I got to turn it over to you, Anthony. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going round. Um, you know, he's he's been outstanding for Carolina. I think it said they're actually going to carry three goalies when Anderson comes back, because you can't send them down to the minors the way he's playing, so... Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, right, if, right now, my money, it's either him or Baneers. Uh, and I don't see really see him going away. So I think this is an easy one, a, a layup mark. I think this is a, a definitely a round. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no love for Logan Thompson. I mean, he he's, he's been sure. good too. And maybe he's a third finalist, but I would say right now, um, you know, it's Beniers like a checkoff.
0: Yeah. And he could be he could be right there that's it's it's amazing what's going through but you got to look at those teams in the in the Atlantic that are really struggling and one of these you can't believe it guys Florida Panthers are five and five in their last 10 34 points on the air and they're fifth in the wild card Florida Panthers are in serious trouble Anthony
1: yeah, I'm going to go round again. I, I don't, I don't see them catching any of the top three in the Atlantic. Um, so that takes away one path to the playoffs. The other path is through the wild card. Um, and right now, are they any better? Are they better than the Rangers, the Islanders, or or even the Capitals? No, they're not. Um, they're not getting good goaltending, especially from Bobrovsky. Knight's been, eh. um, I mean, they're just they're, and I mean, when you look at their forward lineup, I mean, obviously Barkov is great. Carter Verhage is good, but. Um, and they're being led by Matthew Kachuk, but other than that, they're they're not, they're just a a very bland group right now, um, who's not very good defensively. So, unless they they made some serious trades and kind of shook things up, um, I don't really see anything changing this year, which is disappointing for their fans because after the year they had last year, you thought they were on the up and up and they're going to challenge Tampa for years to come, but I don't see it this year. I don't don't think they make the playoffs, Phil.
2: I'm going to buy around. Um, they are way far. They're seven points back of Tampa Bay right now. And Tampa Bay just seems to be chugging along. Toronto, as we know, regular season Lions, postseason paper Tigers. Yep. Yeah. Well, But they're going to get there. And then Boston is just Boston. Uh, I mean, so Florida is not catching them. Um, they don't have the defense to do it. Um, their goaltending has just been really bad. And it just seems like Barkov does not have that chemistry with Matthew Kachuk that he had with Jonathan Huberto. And it's it's made the team worse, uh, inherently worse.
0: And it's so, funny because Kachuk has played well.
2: Kachuk has played well. Yeah. He, he, individually, he's played well, but it Barkov has not played well without Huberto. And, and Huberto has not played nearly as well without Barkov. So it, it, this could be a case of two players just being so acclimated to playing with each other. It would be like breaking up the Sedin twins and expecting them to produce 100-point seasons without each other. So um, I, I, I think that they are in some serious, serious trouble. And at, at this point, it seems like they need a defenseman to help get them into the playoff picture, never mind putting them to that next level. Like they would have to go Mm -hmm. get Jacob Chikrin, I think to merely to get there. And what do they have to go get him at this point? Assets that I don't think they want to give up.
0: They traded every first round draft pick until Carlos Correa's uh, contract ends. So, that's that's. Well, one. I knew there was going to be a Carlos Correa mention today. Oh, uh, I've, uh, I've been I've been saying it all. Along. I said mm-hmm. uh, as for Anthony's introduction that Ella's going to be graduating high school by the time that contract's over. So, um, <laughs> but Phil, I got to agree with you. It, it's it's I got to buy around, yeah. guys. We are buying beers everywhere. You should have been hanging out with us tonight. So it's they're just the math is saying that they're not even. The next best team in the Atlantic, the next best team in the Atlantic, they're they're tied with the Sabers, but the Sabers went in on uh, games played and uh, they got more wins. So, I mean, the the Panthers, I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. They're going to go from President's Trophy to not making the playoffs, and I'm not sure if that's happened since Carolina Hurricanes. I think was it was it 2006? Uh, there's there's a lot of those teams that you know like, Carolina
2: didn't win the President's Trophy in 2006.
0: They didn't win two thousand
2: six. They won the cup, but they didn't win the president's trophy.
0: Oh, my mistake on that one. But I mean, still, I'd have to go back and check on that and see who, who it is. I know it took the Rangers three years to get knocked out of the playoffs. But anyway, this is why I should have looked it up before that. Because by the way, one player that I, we we're gonna we've been gushing about on this show, we love this guy. But I I gotta throw this statistic up, guys. Since since November twenty eighth. Connor McDavid had played 12 games. He's got 28 points. Tage Thompson's got 24 points in 11 games. Tage Thompson can actually carry Buffalo into the playoffs, even with everything we just said. I'll, I'll start it. I'll buy around. I, I think he can do it. I don't think he will. There's a difference. So I'm just going to turn it right over to you guys. He is, he is just playing amazing uh, two way hockey. Uh, Phil, could go right to you.
2: Shot. Uh, I I just don't think they're there yet. I, I, I really don't. They have so many good pieces in place. Um, UPL <laughs> is a solid goaltender. He's it looks like he's getting to another level. Um, you know Samuelson, Quinn, um uh, Krebs, Cousins. I mean they they've got they've got so many good young pieces. They just need to be surrounded with the right veterans. It's just not this year. And of course Owen Power. Uh, and Owen Power, forgot about him for a second. You know, the guy I picked that I, to win the Calder, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, they've got so many good pieces, so many good pieces. And, and Pinterka, J.J. Pinterka is another one. So, um, it, they, they've got it, but it's just, it's not there yet.
0: By the way, I'm going up to Buffalo to see them play the Islanders next month. And, yes, it's when our guest, Ryan Miller, was on the show. And, you know, he's going to have his number attire that night. Anthony, Tage Thompson.
1: Shot. I mean, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you talk about a breakout player. I mean, between last year and what he's doing this year. Um, I mean, he's he, – and for guys his size. My God. Um, <laughs> just, think, just think about that tweet I, uh, they sent you. Elliot Freeman said there was a team – that wouldn't even give up a fifth round pick for Thompson a couple of years ago. When you he wouldn't was give struggling. up a fifth
2: round pick for a player with that yeah. type of size and talent.
1: I don't know. I know. I, why I would, are you kidding?
2: he wasn't producing, you just you yeah. take a take a chance on a reclamation yeah. project. I,
1: I would love this. I would love to know what GM that was because right now he's probably just beside himself for not for not doing that. But um, I'd love yeah, to know no. how
2: he still a job.
1: He, he he's he's a great <laughs> player. Uh, and again, you know, Phil mentioned a lot of the good young players they have. I think they're on the right path, um, but I don't think they could do it this year. Again, they're not—they're not better than any other other playoff teams right now. Like you know, the wild cards, the Rangers and Islanders and Gold—they're not anywhere close to that level yet. Um, and just overall, um, but yeah, I mean, he's—he's he's the right player to rebuild around. And just a quick second before we move on, talk about the Buffalo Sabers. And you know, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about. Jeff Skinner might have the worst contract in hockey and I don't know what happened to him, but last year he rebounded with 33 goals. And this year he's got 36 points in 29 games. So yeah. um, I don't know what happened to him. You know, if he started eating his oh, weed again,
0: contract.
1: yeah, but, but Jeff Skinner's back and that's helping Buffalo to be competitive.
0: But they, yeah. there's lots of guys that like that Wiz, not even don't look further than Kyle Pozo, Kyle Pozo, who looked like an albatross of a contract. Now looks like he's at least earning his money. So that, that definitely helps matters. Uh, the one advantage, by the way, for the Sabres, they get to play against the, the teams in the Atlantic. But all it takes is Detroit to start playing well again and maybe start Billy Husso a little bit more, who's been there better at two goalies. And uh, the next thing you know, they're knocking each other. They're trying to step over each other in order to get to the playoffs. <laughs> Just increases the gap for the Metro division, it could. Guys, in the last 10 games, there has been – well, we already know about this dynamic duo. The number one in the league is, of course, McDavid and Dryside. Let's face that. But in the last ten games, Matt Zuccarello, sixteen points; Kirill Kaprizov, fifteen points. Zuccarello and Kaprizov are the second best duo in the NHL. Anthony.
1: So, what, what's your like? What's your criteria? Like, do they literally? Do they literally half? to play like have to play together because good question i'm um, gonna say they because, have
0: to play together
1: all right because that changes because if, if they didn't i mean you're talking i, w- I would say shot because you know you're talking marner and matthews mckinnon and ranton and there's there's a lot of crosby and malkin etc um so having to play with each other yeah that 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 changes things um so um i'll i'll say beer um they obviously they have great chemistry it seems like they got close off the ice. Um, and you know, it, it helps Zook out not take anything away from Zook, but I mean, he's playing with one of the most talented players in the league. I mean, Kirill, the thrill, um, he's, he's a, he's got every asset you want in a hockey player, but, um, yeah, I, I'll go, I'll go beer, but if, if it was otherwise, I probably would have said shot and that's no slot, to, uh, shot, you know, to them, but there's just so many other iconic duos. Were
0: you afraid of saying the word shot twice in that sentence? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm going to say beer, but it, it, it's close. Um, right behind McDavid and Dreisaitl, because McDavid and Dreisaitl play together sometimes. They don't play together <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on the power play together, but McDavid usually is on a separate line from Dreisaitl. They'll be put together for like, Power line purposes towards the end of the games, or if, you know, or if Ripcroft wants to, uh, you know, uh, switch things up, I, I would say McKinnon and Ranton in together are probably the second best duo in the NHL right behind them. And then, I mean, if you want something to challenge these two, you got to look at Jason Roberts and Arupa Hintz right yeah.
0: now. Oh, yeah.
2: That, because that, that line might be the best line in the NHL right
0: you know what, and, uh I'm going to stick with the beer. And I think you said it before, Philk. I'm going to just echo your words. How am I going to follow up after that? Because you covered everything possibly that I could say. I was hoping that there would definitely be some other ones that formulated. I can't really say anything about a duo of Mark Stone and Jack Eichel just yet because I'm, I don't think either one has been in the lineup too many games with the other one. These two, though, when they're together, they're they're electric. And it takes a guy like Matt Zuccarello to understand how to play with a guy like Kaprizov.
1: I mean, yeah, not- you
2: know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in here real quick because, we Anthony, you talked before about, you know, no offense to Zuccarello playing with Kaprizov. I, I get that. But at the same time, Zuccarello, right before he left the Rangers, was playing close to a point-per-game hockey. And ever since Kaprizov came back in and he's got somebody talented to play with, Zuccarello has basically been playing at about point per game hockey. So I, I think as much as Caprizov has helped Zuccarello, I think if Caprizov had a lesser player with him, I don't think Caprizov puts up 114 points last year, or whatever he put up last year. I think it was and, was it 107 or something? Yeah,
1: it was I think it was, it was somewhere, right? somewhere around there.
2: But it, it, it's you know you, you can't you got to give a little more credit to Matt Zuccarello because he's actually a really good player. And I I still think he's one of the most underrated players in the NHL. I don't think this guy gets enough uh, recognition for being as good as he actually is.
0: I can understand that too. And uh, Anthony,
1: I, don't, I didn't mean to take any slight away from, from Zuccarello. I guess I was just exemplifying Kirill Kaprizov is one of the league's best elite players. You know, he could probably play with a lot of other guys and have, you know, gaudy numbers as well. Um, I agree, but one one other duo. By the way, they obviously not this year because he didn't play, but just in general, talk about iconic duos: Backstrom and Ovechkin. Um, yeah. Of, yeah, that's 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 one of the better ones that we've seen in the last what ten years. <laughs> Sadly, that's game. looking
0: like it's gonna it's it's not really going to happen that often afterwards. And also, I guess one duo that's starting to form. Uh, I mean, Stutzla and Kachuk in Ottawa, or maybe even Gaudreau in one of those two, because they're having he's having a good season with them. But more on that in a moment, and uh, let's go over to the last one, which is right now the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames are tied for the second wild card with 36 points. Edmonton Oilers are in more trouble than the Calgary Flames, guys. And just to help you, here's the last 10. Phil um, I, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna buy around actually on this and the reason for that is I just do not trust this team's goaltending and I don't trust this team's defense there was an article today um, I think it was from Pierre LeBron and it was talking about Edmonton being interested in guys like John Klingberg and Joel Edmondson and those would Both be big, tremendous acquisitions for the Edmonton Oilers. But here's the problem. What do they have to get those guys? Mm -hmm. And and that's why I think the Edmonton Oilers are in a lot of trouble because they need multiple additions on their back end and and they need a trustworthy goaltender. But I I don't know if they have the assets to go and get everything done. Calgary, uh, I don't get what's going on there. They have almost the same team in place. Same coach. He's got a winning pedigree, winning two Stanley Cups. So what is it just the players are tired of Sutter? Because if if that's the case, because he does does wear thin on players over time, a lot of coaches like that do. If that's the case, then that's a huge problem. But Calgary seems like they're a lot closer to riding their ship than Edmonton is theirs. And Jacob Markstrom is really the big issue in Calgary. Like he needs to be closer to where he was last year than when he is this year because we were talking about igor being like godlike last year and now being average igor was actually still putting up decent numbers despite the the shoddy defense in front of him markstrom is a big reason why calgary has Mm -hmm. not been as good as they've been uh, as they should be this year so uh yeah i'm buying around on this
0: and also just to piggyback what you're saying you need Jack Campbell to play like he did last year versus Toronto, which still really wasn't that great. Anthony, your thoughts?
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go round. Um, you know, obviously we know about McDavid and Drysaddle. Aside from them, uh, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are playing over a point per game. Um, but after there, I mean, and Evander Kane was going at a pretty good clip until he got hurt. But you, you can't you can't win when you only have four forwards that are doing anything. If you look at their production of their forwards after Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, it's bad. Um, and when you, and when you combine that with having shoddy goaltending and defense, it's not great. You're going to get what you see, uh, you know, a, a middling team that's being carried by two superstar players. Um, you know, fortunately McDavid and dry Saddle could look probably will the Oilers to the playoffs, but Similar to the Maple Leafs, um, if nothing changes, I, I don't I don't see them having any long term success in the playoffs. Um, so I think yeah, the Oilers are in more trouble. I, I think Calgary's a little more well rounded at forward with some of their guys, and the, you know Kadri, Lindholm, Huberdeau, Backlund, Toffoli, Majiapani. They got more they got more balance uh, in their forward at their forward position. Um, but Markstrom is struggling too. So that, that's, that's an issue as well. But um, over overall, that's a bad stat. Uh, oh, oh, it takes the air out of your hockey club. Um, but overall, I would say the Oilers are more in more trouble. So I'm going to stick with the round.
0: I am just double checking one thing before I open my mouth, which is not usual for me. So I just want to make sure they have the highest goals against average for any team since November 1st, that's in the playoff positioning right now. They have a 3.56 goals against since, Oh, I'm sorry. 3.54 Who was, that, Edmonton or was the St. Was Louis blues. Who so was that, or Calgary Mark, that was Ed. No, that's Edmonton. That's sorry. Right, yeah. I got this, to fly around this on stat, that.
2: It's just kind of going right along with what I was saying before about March. Like, right.
0: Wow. Wow. And Phil, let yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. Let's go with this one. What happens is, and you guys know it as a player, you're on the bench. You're, you're you're waiting to get your first shift. Maybe you're already on the ice for your first shift. First puck goes in on the goalie. You're starting to think, what the? It's going to be one of those type of nights. Or what the hell do yeah. I have to do stop it? Anybody? <laughs> no, I, I
1: said yeah. It, it takes yeah. the air out of your hockey team when yeah. that it, happens. It, it,
2: it just it kills you. It, 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 you're I mean, it's like like the Rangers. They that that second period. So they dominated the first ten minutes of that second period. Oh, they i didn't say fifteen. Any goals for it? And then that power play comes along, and Pittsburgh just they took the
0: game because of
2: it. They yep. took the
0: game. So yeah, confidence is a two way street sometimes, and you could like you could just put in an empty netter. And the next thing you know, you get a goal the next night, like Jacob Truba did. That was a terrible goal, by the way, that sort of let up. But uh, that was one that—that that was the only one I could blame him for, for out of the seven. Now, that's a—that's a that a goalie should have gotten that one. But then, yeah, then you get other times where it, it, the, the puck starts going on the goalie, the defense starts overcompensating, and the next thing you know, you let up three in the first period. It just—it's it, what happens. All right. So that is actually it for the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on this one. Uh, and we always like to take a look around the league. And now let's uh, see if there's any, like, are there any news and notes around the league that we could think of, guys?
2: Well, like I was talking about before, uh, the article from Pierre LeBron talking about um, how Edmonton would be interested in guys like John Klingberg and. Um, Uh, Joel Edmondson, that was that's a big one that's been uh that I just saw before. So I mean it's kind of, you know, just speculation on LeBron's part, but it's notable, definitely notable at the very least. So uh you're gonna have to take a look at that. And you say to yourself if you're Edmondson, what what do we have at this point to, to give up? And yeah. They need to address two uh, you know, at least I would say two defensemen to, to come in, but you know, those guys are going to both cost a pretty penny to get. Yeah. I, that's really going to be tough for Edmonton at that point.
0: I, I'm at a loss for words to figure out what Edmonton is going to do or need. So I'm just going to move on from there. Anthony, what do you got?
1: Um, I mean, not much. Uh, there was, there was that minor three team trade the other day, uh, and then there was the Dryden hunt for um, uh, Dennis Mulligan trade, but um, yeah. you know, the holiday roster freeze is now in effect. So no movement until uh, after the break. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it was Elliot Friedman saying that um, there are so many teams that are so close to the cap that this year you probably won't start to see some trades until closer to the trade deadline, insinuating that you won't see much movement um, earlier. So, um, you know, uh, you're still at the point of year where, you know, things are going to be a little quiet for kind of like league wide movement. Um, but, you know, I think teams start to maybe plant some seeds of, of talks that eventually turn into something as, as the year goes on. There's no question that teams are calling Vancouver on Bo Horvat. Um, you know, Patrick Kane, I think is slated to, you know, meet, his agent slated to meet with the, the general, the Blackhawks brass after the holidays and, you um, you know, revisit um, what his wishes are, and you know where his head's at. So maybe over the next couple of weeks, we'll get some news on on Kane, and you know what he may or may not decide to do. But um, yeah, there there are going to be a lot of teams that are, that are looking to they're looking to make a move, but they're just getting a dance partner. You know, someone that can make the cap work and the numbers. And um, I think for that reason, you'll see a lot of trades closer to the deadline where teams have more cap space. Because as of right this moment, teams don't have much flexibility.
0: That's why that I think that cap news is the worst news for the Vancouver Canucks, because yep. if you were able to find a trade partner with that, with that amount of cash space, it might be able to like facilitate a bigger trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to eat more money, but that's a different oh. story.
2: Yeah. Considering that Bo Horvat basically, it came out that they're that he's pretty much gone at this point. So it would make more sense to move them now, but as Anthony said, who the hell has the cap room to make that trade right now? It seems like nobody. And then you have the news of, of a cap going up by only a million. Uh, I, I mean, I know they're pretty close to getting that seventy million dollar deficit in escrow paid off. So mm. I think maybe either next season or the season after that, or at the season after this upcoming season, I think we'll see a big increase in, in cap. So there'll definitely be more room, which will definitely help a team like the New York Rangers. (laughs) Thanks for that one, Jeff. Thanks for Truba and that $8 million contract, buddy.
0: Uh, Truba and Kreider, that's $14.5 million right there. Well, at least Chris Kreider
2: is like sort of pulling his own weight. I mean, Jacob Truba isn't pulling anything right now. Like, (laughs) that's bad. Chris Kreider is quietly having a decent (laughs) season. He's on... He's on pace for just under 40 goals. He's got 16 in 34 games. Yeah. So, And he's got 26 points, which I believe puts him on pace for about 65, if I'm correct, if the math is correct there. I'm just doing this off the top of my head right now. So I'm I'm actually going to put it through right now. So that's – it's on pace for 39 goals, which is really good. And then he's on pace for – 62 point, 63 points. So I was I was pretty close on both regards.
0: And, so and I know everybody's heard us say this a lot, but I gotta back it up with what you say right there because nobody was bidding on truba. Sorry, I'll go go back to that one second.
2: Yeah no I mean, that, that that's fine. You you could you could go back to Pete's one about nobody else was bidding for truba. It's just yes. like when the Rangers went after Bobby holik um and they went one and a half or 1 million plus over Toronto and Philadelphia who bid 8 million for Bobby O'Leak and then the Rangers had to go to 9 million for him instead of saying hey wait this is not a good idea.
0: Yeah.
2: Should have went off red flag.
0: I mean jeez. Uh, Steve Steve Cohen looks like he's ready to throw about a billion dollars on the New York Mets right now. That's a different story.
2: There needs to be more owners like Steve Cohen in baseball. There needs to be. And, and Hal Steinbrenner needs to act more like Steve Cohen and his damn father, start spending money. And the NHL needs to market their, their game a hell of a lot better so that these owners can go and have more cap space and spend more money. We could stop worrying about salary caps and everything like that. Stop letting cheapskate billionaires not pay money. Towards their teams get minimal investments out of it. Stupid.
0: Yeah. And I mean it's it's amazing because I'm waiting for uh the zombie of George Steinbrenner to rise from this grave <laughs> to slap around Hal. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he fired Hal before he slapped him around. Cause I mean that's that's what George Steinbrenner did. But I mean that's where it's just um it's 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 amazing how just it's this 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 could have been the Yankees' time to outbid everybody, and instead it was the Mets that did it. I think that's why I'm still a little bit numb on all of this. Like, I thought the Mets were done, and then this morning, my one of my house bands walks over to me and just says, "Oh, you hear the the Mets got Carlos Correa?" What?
2: So the Mets have emerged as a World Series favorite.
0: And but this is what I talk about before with the remaking of say the Islanders, where. If you have a free agent that goes to the market in the NHL. What happens? He gets an offer from usually the Rangers, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, the Canadians, uh, they used to be the Red Wings. Uh, and then there's like that second tier. The Islanders are now in that second tier and now they just have to get a, well, if they had a GM that can actually land for, uh, go, go, that wants to go get free agents. I'm not saying he can't land them. He's done it before when he's, when he's acquired them. It's just not his philosophy. It's, it's, it's all right. I, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Lou. You know what?
2: It it worked previously because (laughs) back in the nineties and early two thousands, Lou and and Conti had their heads about themselves and Lou just doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't. and, he he's stuck in this George Steinbrenner way. Like, dude, you are not George Steinbrenner, and you are not running the New York Yankees. Like, you can't do that with players. The, the, the Yankees can do that because the Yankees still have that lore of being that organization. The mm-hmm. Islanders and the Devils were not and are not that.
0: So right. right. But now um, you can at least look. They can at least look over and go look at our brand new shiny building, which I. I I was on the air train going past that the other day, and it's still gorgeous.
2: Yeah, um, UBS is a – I just – if you haven't seen a game there, go and do it. It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, there are parts where you can stay in the concourse and watch the game from the mm -hmm. concourse, which I don't think you can really do in any other arena, which is cool because you can do that at the Yankee Stadium, which is amazing. mm -hmm. You can watch the game from almost anywhere in the concourse. Um there's not really a bad seat in the house in UBS. And uh, another thing I like about UBS, just like the Coliseum and like Camden yards in, in baseball as well is it's, it's a very homely feel and you feel like you're right on top of the game, which is mm-hmm. just great. Um, it's, it's also a great venue for other, um, for other purposes. I mean, I've seen two AEW wrestling shows there and I've had a blast and good seats at both of them. So UBS, well done, Tim, Tim Laiwaki, who also actually did um, Climate Pledge yes. in Seattle. So um, yep. did a really good job on both arenas. I, I still I want to get to Seattle and see a cracking game, especially now that they're playing well. I want to see how uh, crazy those guys get out there. Because Seattle sports fans, they're a different breed. And they're, they're passionate. I mean, the Mariners fan base is a really good fan base. The Sonics fan base was great before they folded. Um the Seahawks, you know how nuts they are with their, uh, with their, um, uh, six, was it six man that they used the to call it? 12th man, the 12th, 12th man. Is, yeah. Are, yeah. 12th man. But yeah,
0: they you know, got, they got sued by Texas A&M for that.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, still, but, but I mean, they, they've, got a, they've got it. They've got, it's a good sports town. So I, I definitely yeah. want to see what that, uh, climate pledge is like too.
0: Just before I throw this over to Anthony, cause we're still or pra- praising UBS arena uh but again that's where organizations getting their reputations and everything that's what helps attract free agents to begin with free agents just don't show up to crappy organizations unless they're the texas rangers but it's just uh so for, for starters we'll go with uh, your thoughts on where the islanders are next year for free agency and also the new building like what do you think anthony
1: well, I mean, the new building is is amazing. Um, like, by the said, way,
0: especially could, with the new train, you know, the, the uh, train station.
1: You you could you could watch the game from that open area on the concourse where the bars are. Um, you know, the, the it's like the Coliseum where you know you are right on top of the action. The sight lines are great. Um, the facilities are amazing. Like when you walk in, like the rotunda. I yeah. mean, it's it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's just everything mm-hmm. is such nicely done, state of the art. Uh, you know they have they have the the bar the rooftop bar uh, sponsored by Heineken upstairs. Um, you know it's just it's just it's a great not building. Heineken, not Heineken. Um, <laughs> Heineken. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Heineken.
2: Taylor
1: Heineken. Taylor Heineke.
2: uh, <laughs> <Taylor> Heineke, <laughs> oh, that's Anthony's first one, I yeah.
1: think. <laughs> 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 uh, um. Oh. But um, as for like the the free agents itself, like the Islanders, uh, the way their team is constructed right now, um, the, at the forward position at least, they don't have they don't have many contracts uh, at forward coming off. I mean, you have like you know Zach Parise, which honestly I wouldn't mind bringing them back on another one year deal. He's you know for seven hundred and fifty k, he's providing great value. Um but other than him, really every other forward is, is still on the contract. I mean Oliver Wallstrom, yeah, he's an RFA, so he's gonna so he's gonna be re signed. So um to to upgrade their their forward position mark through free agency, um it it likely it likely won't happen. I, I still think their their path on changing the, the makeup of their of their forward group is through is through trades. Um yeah. you know. Yeah. Off the top of and, my and head, I mean,
0: lose, I think that's just still Lou's philosophy, though. But I mean, if the Islanders really wanted to attract somebody, although this was the year they could have proved it, I just don't think that's what Lou wants to do. I think I think the Islanders are an organization that can actually attract a big name free agent, and once they get that guy, then the second one comes right after that.
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, again, though, I'm, um, you know, for 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 Lou. Um, I think in the past he has, he has wanted to go for free agents. Obviously, you know, he, he tried to keep Tavares. He, you know, he was the bridesmaid on Artemi Panarin. So it's not that he doesn't, he doesn't go, he doesn't go for them. Um, You know, he just, he's not going to go out and overpay for a guy just for the sake of doing it. If it it fits the team and the the player is right, um, he would do it. Um, you know, we we heard the the whole Johnny Goudreau thing when he came to the island. Goudreau said afterwards, like I didn't even talk to the islanders during free agency, which was weird based on everything like some of the insiders said. But that just proves, you know, that just proves that's true, even though a big guy was out there, looting, go for him, one, you know, because of cap space, and two, because of you know, whatever philosophy he has. But um, again, you know, I I see for him more so trade for the guy that you want. And then re-sign him. That's why, honestly, I think I think, um, think Bo Horvat makes sense for them, even though he's a, a center, not a wing. Um, he's a he's a Lou guy because he's a captain, a leader, which Lou loves those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just an offensive player. You know, he can he can play in all areas of the ice. Once again, a, a Lou trait. And then lastly, Bo Horvat was the player that that you know he didn't draft Horvat. It was the pick. But if the Devils yeah. kept if the Devils kept the pick. Word is they were going to select Bo Horvat. So, um, my gut tells me, you know, there's all this talk about Patrick Kane, but I think that Lou has his eyes more so on trading for Horvat and trying to keep him rather than Patrick Kane. So we'll see how that goes as the season progresses.
0: And let me throw this out there you end up throwing him on a line where he actually centers and J.G. Pajot moves the wing. No, and you got a critical face off or something like that. You got J.G. Pajot and the Horvat, go ahead.
1: I, I think if if that came to fruition, um I think they would move Brock Nelson to Barzell's wing. You know, they talk about scoring wing for for Barzell. Hmm. Um the few times this season where Lane has put the lines in a blender, whether it be playing short or you know just trying to jumpstart the team, when Nelson has been on the ice with Barzell, um, they've looked really, really good together. So um, you know, getting a center like Horvat that allows you to move Nelson to Barzell's wing, and you know, now you have a guy that if Barzell passes the puck to, you know, no slight to Wallstrom, just Nelson's a smarter player. He's a more veteran player. He knows how to get open to use his shot. Um, I think Barzell next playing with Nelson could be a really, really good thing for the Islanders.
0: Phil, what are your thoughts about that? It's just like,
2: you know what? I've had this conversation about Patrick Kane and the Rangers and how some people don't want Patrick Kane that you put. Patrick. What's up? I'd be one of them. Yeah, and I, and I understand why people don't want him. But And there are people saying that he doesn't help because his numbers are so bad at 5-on-5. Five five. Analytics are not independent. No matter what anyone says, they're not independent because everything that happens in a sequence affects what happens for a set player and affects their analytics. It's just how it is. It, it, it's the reality of hockey. And Patrick Kane would absolutely help the New York Rangers. He would be able to move... Players down the lineup, and you'd be able to strengthen uh, your 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 top six, your top nine. You'd be able to it, it just strengthen your forward unit overall, and that and that's what Bo Horvat would do for the Islanders. Bo Horvat would come in and be that goal scorer that the Islanders have needed. I I I mean, through I, I my concerns with Bo Horvat is is this a newfound level for him, or is this just him in a contract year? Because we've never seen this type of production from Bo Horvat before, and it's not even close. So, uh, And it goes for any team that acquires him. I mean, is this going to be the norm for him going forward? I mean, is he going to be a, a, a 35 to 40 goal type player going forward? Or is he just going to go back to being a 25, 30 goal, maybe at most guy, and he's a 60, maybe 70 point player? Um, Horvat's not a great two-way player, Lauren. Um, I, I will say that. He's okay defensively. He's not going to hurt you there, but he's not a great, great two-way player. He's not known as a great two-way player. Um, he would be a good pickup for any team that gets him. It, it's just my concern is, is does he go back to what he's been previously? Because this is kind of a very, very odd outburst later in his career. He's been around for a while, mm-hmm. and for now all of a sudden for him to get to this level in a contract year, I I find that somewhat convenient, but he would, like Anthony said, putting Brock Nelson with Matt Barzell would do wonders because I thought Oliver Wallstrom was going to be that guy that was going to get put with Matt Barzell and he was going to be the guy that would take that next level and he'd become that 25, 30 goal scorer that I thought he could be, um, it hasn't worked out yet, and, and I'm not saying it couldn't. You know, it's it, it's again, players hit their peak years when they're like 23 to 26, 27 in that range, and that's when you, you really see the spikes in the production. Hi, Tate Thompson. We've been talking about you for the last month on this show, so um, yeah, so Ed Wallstrom could find that level in the next couple of years for all we know, but Brock Nelson with Matt Barzell right now would go a long way for the
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah, and 27 years old for Bo, Bo Horvat right now. Um, his, uh, his, he'll be 28 after he's been traded. April 5th is his his birthday.
1: There's, yeah, last year, like Phil mentioned, you know, Horvat's playing at a career pace right now. Um, last, even better than his 31 goal season last year. I mean, even if he doesn't maintain the production he's playing at now. I would still take it I would still take who he was last year because I mean 31 goals is you know pretty good for for a guy. Oh, um but I mean to so for instance, Wicked says this, which which is fair, but you have to you have to you have to think about something. You, you're trying you're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. Um, you know, what are the chances the Island let's say the Islanders pick is gonna be what anywhere from I don't know, uh 16 at maybe the highest to 23, 20, you know, 24. I mean, what are the chances are a player in that range is going to be better than, you know, Bo Horvat? It's not, it's not a guarantee. Um, so if, if the Islanders could could acquire Bo Horvat and they have to give up your first round pick, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not really, I'm not really questioning it. I mean, of course, obviously, if the pick was going to be a fifth overall pick, then, you know, of course you you, you don't do that, but, where the Islanders are going to be, I I, I think not moving a first uh, yeah would of course be silly to pass so, up on Bo Horvat because of that
2: that goes without saying. I I just I, like I said my concern is he's on pace for fifty eight goals, fifty eight goals, and and now you're also he's also putting up the the NHL's Cy Young numbers where he, <laughs> 20, 22 and nine nine assists for him. And then that's, that's a guy who's had assists. And nine
0: assists as a center. That's a weird thing.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a weird, weird number yeah. to have as a, uh, as a center, especially when you, you've had seasons of 32, 34, 31 assists. I mean, those are nice numbers. So, um,
0: And isn't I, he playing I, with Connor Gerland?
2: Vancouver, you know what? That's one of the teams that I have just not been able to watch a ton of this year. Um, so whenever, um, I, uh,
0: whenever I have, I've needed a barf bag. So
2: <laughs> I get,
0: they, they've they've I can't believe it. How, how dreadful they've been. He's playing
2: right now with Brock Besser and Ilya Mikheyev. Okay. So that, that was their, that was their last lineup against uh, St. Louis on the 19th. Then he played with, um, Connor Garland and Curtis Lazar game before that. Then JT Miller and Curtis Lazar. Um, then Nils Hoaglander and JT Miller, it looks like Vancouver's line situation has been pretty fluid lately. Um, uh, let's have Anthony answer this one though, because it's a good question.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, it's a little bit of a a mixed bag there. Um, you know, like for instance, you, you look at, you look at some games they play, um, and they look like they're fully acclimated to Lambert's system. But then sometimes I think they get cut, they get stuck in between that, that middle ground where they kind of blend the two systems a little bit and they get caught running around their own ice, like that blues game, giving up being loose on your stick uh, through the slot and being, you know, not, not back checking hard enough and leaving guys way open in, in open spaces. Yeah, that um, you know, the thing is this year, Lambert has given the defense more of a green light to, to get up in the play and jump up in the play. Um, and I think sometimes they're still working out those kinks of when to go and when not to go. So um, I think as the year goes on, I think they will be a little more, they will be a little more smooth in terms of, of not having such hiccups. Um, Cause again, the game against the coyotes that they lost, like the giving up the chances they did against the coyotes and ultimately losing to them is not something that you normally see with this Islander team. So, um I think there's still an adjustment period, you know, even 2 months into the season, I, I still think they're kind of working out the kinks, but overall though, you even with someone who's not really a hockey, you know, um, you know, uh, mega mind if you will, can see that they play a much up, more up tempo system than they did last year under Barry Trotz.
0: Now, before I get to Matt's comment Phil cuz I think I do want to highlight that one in a second. Yeah, right, uh, yeah. I do have to also mention that the effort I was trying to find some way to joke around about this, but it really wasn't a joking matter. The effort of Alexander Romanov blocking that shot that he took, that had to go off the cup, guys. If it wasn't off the cup, it was just, like, in the area that's not protected right there. Like, I mean, I, I said I said to, to, on the rundown, Anthony took it off, but – they shouldn't retire his number for for putting in that much effort.
1: You are talking about the one that then went in the net? It, it went in the net, in the yeah. net. Yeah. yeah. That well that see now that makes that makes it so much worse the fact that he still blocked it and it went in. <laughs> um, made him feel all that much more <laughs> worse for sure.
0: Yeah, cuz i mean have you guys had the unfortunate um uh moment of taking a shot off the cup?
1: Uh a long time ago playing playing ice hockey i, I I deflected a puck off my sh- off my shaft, no pun intended. That, but actually, then after it hit my shaft, it went, it kind of went under me, and hit me, hit me in the cup. Um, <laughs> Joe, how about I, you?
2: I had the same exact type of thing happen. So um, there was a guy. I, I, it's, it was actually just in a pickup roller hockey game. I mean, we weren't really wearing any like equipment or anything like that. Oh, no. And he went to go make a, a pass across and I went straight out and stick out straight like that. And it hit, hit the blade of my stick, rode up the shaft and then hit me just straight in the nuts. And I felt like I was going to throw up. That did <laughs> not feel good.
0: I always hung around the front of the net. I emulated Adam Graves with everything I've ever, I ever tried to do. And I took two of them square right off the cup. And in both instances, my adrenaline blocked my pain until either the goalie covered it or the puck went out of the zone. And in both instances, I fell down like I was I was being tortured in Guantanamo Bay. It was just it was the the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. It was and as a matter of fact, one of my friends referred to my my screams as a walrus mating call. So (laughs) Um. All right, but Phil, let's highlight Matt's. because the first thing I got to say with this, and for anybody listening on audio, if the Rangers were to get Patrick Kane, uh, the top nine could look like Kane, Mika, uh, Panarin, Lafayette, Kako, and Heedle, and Kreider, Trocheck, Krasnov. Who
1: you? Who you get, how are you? How you getting Kane and keeping literally all these players? I mean, that. Thank you. That's, that's my first guess. Because I mean, yeah. if um, if so, you're trading so and you're
0: getting Kane, one of the Laf- Lafreniere or Kako or both are gone.
2: Uh, I don't think that's going to be the no, case. not like, both. One, one of those guys might be gone, but I I, I don't think. Let's see how stupid the Rangers get. Or, or going. That's just no. And I, I, I don't think there's going to be a big market for Kane. I really don't. I think the list of teams that he's going to approve a, a trade to is going to be very small. Uh, and I, I think Chicago might not get for, as much for him as they would like to. And it, just because not only that, but the salary cap is really going to make things harder on uh, <laughs> on uh, teams to get this deal done. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a good point. Um, he, he helps – he helps stretch the uh the depth throughout the lineup, but, yeah, but also
0: um, I look at I look at that depth, Philk, and that's um, that's no depth. All oh, your top line, you're you're creating a super line, and then it's basically hold on to the other lines. I mean, I think Trocheck yes, and moves
2: to... everybody down. So yeah.
1: Uh, I, I think yep. I think the Blackhawks. I think they know that they that they they're not going to get LaFreniere. And they're probably not going to get Kako either. I think if they wanted, if they, if they could work out a trade, I'm pretty sure the Blackhawks would want Philip Hedel, Cause he's still I don't think him. they're going to move Heedle. I really and,
2: don't think they're going to move Heedle
1: now. No, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't think they should. I just think that's who Chicago would ask for also for salary purposes too. He makes <laughs> two point, he makes 2.3 million. Um, the Rangers would need to send a little bit of salary back the other way. So I think he'd be the guy that the Blackhawks would have their eyes on.
0: The Blackhawks are targeting one guy in that trade. And I think it's Brennan Ottman.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one that they, they really want to target in that trade. I, I really do think that his name is going to be at the top of the, uh, the, the demand list if, they, if they're talking trade for Kane. But I, I really like this comment here, right here. Uh, lots of crazy talk right now that GMs are pass, is passing up on Matthew Mitchkov because of uh, the, the possible wait until 2025 because of uh, his commitment to his Russian team. I doubt he falls out of the top 5. I doubt he. Oh
0: falls. my god, if he does. I, no way.
2: Mitchkov is not going to fall that far. I really don't think so. I think he's just too good of a talent. Um, the only thing I'll say is that Mitchkov just got loaned to HC uh, Sochi uh, from SKA because they just couldn't get him ice time in the bottom six. A lot of a lot of teams tend to put younger kids in their bottom sixes. In the uh, in the KHL, because they just they won't give them the ice time over the veterans. They're really stringent with that there, unless you're a wonder kid like Ovechkin, where after your first year you end up getting the ice time, or you know even Datsuk after his first year ended up getting it. But like um, Mitchkov was dominating the VHL, which is basically like their um, their junior the, the, level yeah, yeah. and. There's just no ice time for him on SKA. So let's see what he does with the chief Sochi, because that's going to be big. Um, Even if teams are precautious about his status of coming over, I, I just think he's too good to pass up. I think he's a, he's a top three player in this draft by far. I mean, it's obviously him, Bedard and Fantilli. and really what it's going to come down to for me right now is does Adam Fantilli go number two? Or does he go number three over, uh, you know, behind Mitch
0: Koff? And does uh, it matter definitely. if it, the center is – because uh, he's a center, right? Over... He's a
2: center, yeah. Mitch Koff is a uh, winger.
0: Is there a fourth guy emerging right now?
2: There's a few guys in this draft. Like Brandon Yeager might be really good. Um, he could be up there. Uh, Dalibor Dvorsky could be another one. Because um, yeah, Pete and I were college. talking
0: to, to a couple of really good Chicago fans. And they were saying, there could be up to, like, five, some writers were saying. There there uh, could
2: be le- uh, legitimately up to, like, seven or eight franchise-type talents in this draft. And there might be three generational ones at the top.
0: And uh, can I just get us in trouble for a second, guys, and just say sure, that? I guess. Why, why isn't Russia being allowed to play in the, the World Juniors? And if you're going to tell me it's the war, did everybody, m- m- like overlooked the soviet union for years like what the hell so now now we're just gonna some of these kids who aren't fighting and don't have any political opinion and they're they're being punished for being russian what what's that gonna do to their to their um uh to their developments to for the them for the rest of their lives it's just I, I love it when we're holier than now in retrospect, but all right, that's, that's, that's all my rant on that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for these kids because they're, they're, I, I don't know what their stances are. I prefer to keep politics out of sports, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it, it does kind of suck for these kids because they have nothing to do with it.
0: I mean, a year ago, Matt Ben-Mitchkoff was in Edmonton playing games. What changed? What changed about him? All right. But by the way, guys, thoughts on the World Juniors coming up?
2: Uh, Brendan Hoffman absolutely ripped one the other night against uh, Switzerland, and he looks good. Um, He looks really, really good early on. So um, definitely just want to watch and see uh, him. Actually, I think, does it start tonight or the 23rd? I think it was one of these two. I'm forgetting. I was going to ask Anthony
0: if Roddy was playing. Ratu. I know. Well, I I got caught sometimes in the middle because sometimes they want to call him Ratty, but I know it's Atu Ratu. Yeah. Steven's coached us. Uh, Pete's saying looking forward to seeing Nemec. I agree with that.
2: Simone Nemec. okay. That's an interesting Mm -hmm. one. I
0: mean, there's going to be a lot of talent on display there.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it's on right now. Actually, Canada and Slovakia are on. Uh, Canada's up one nothing.
0: Is the qualifying or the round robin?
2: Uh, I think this may just be exhibition. exhibition. I'm not sure. Well, Canada is about to go on a power play. I don't know who has the goal for Canada. Try to see if I can get scores on this.
0: Uh, AZ has been saying about this. He's been banging the horse about, um, uh, or banging the pipes, however, whatever metaphor you want to use. I think I used some that my grandfather would use, but uh, about uh, Gergensen's trying to get him for a while. But he also says right here, yeah, I, I like
2: gurgensons as a depth yeah. player. I do, I think he would be a, a massive improvement over some of the guys in the bottom six.
0: Also, he's saying my gut here, Drury might go to a set uh, a number two option and get a similar deal and a player like he did with Vetrano and slot at right wing second line. And he probably could. I still think the answer is on the team. I think the answer. Look, I think they're going to slide Ottman anyway, but I think I think he could be an answer if none of these guys really flourish. So,
2: yeah, I honestly, I. I like Althman going forward. I just don't know if he's the answer right now. Um
0: how many is- times let me just ask you this. How many times do teams really say we're gonna go get we're we're get we got this guy in the system, we're gonna bring him up for the stretch run in the playoffs. Cause other than let me just name one, Kel McCarr Criar. and Chris Kreider. I can't name that many where teams really gave them important minutes. They got yeah. some, maybe. Yeah, I don't
2: I don't see Offman being that guy this year. It just there offman offman's really good. I, I really do think that he's and he's playing on this top power play unit right now. So he's with Wright and Bedard. I'm trying to see who else is on this unit.
0: That must be a pretty shitty unit yeah. with uh, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard on there. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> really, really bad unit. Oh, terrible. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna have fifty percent. <laughs> and and who are you? Said they're playing Sweden right now. No, uh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Okay. I mean, Czechia is really starting to come back as a, as a hockey power again.
2: Um, yeah, they've got some talent. They've do we still refer talent. to
0: them as Czechia in the past? What's that? Do we still refer to them as Czechia for when they were the Czech Republic?
2: I, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know how that works anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's one of those weird things.
0: Yeah. What it? And so I, 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 okay. Again, I don't understand why we're not letting the Russians... Who literally invaded Afghanistan right before uh, the miracle on ice. And suddenly, now they can't play in any international competition. Yeah. uh, As Warren said. I I get
2: that. I get that.
0: Bedard doing Bedard things. Yeah. And again, it's not a pro-war comment. I'm just saying other things in the world happen.
2: Well, it's not a pro-war comment in the sense that it's, you know, you're you're just pointing out that, you know, this has happened before. Why didn't it happen back then? It's just the times are changing. It's just, and that's how they think they're going to, you know, I, I just don't think it, I don't think you're doing anything politically by doing this. It's just, it's, yeah. you're, you're just hurting kids. I
0: don't know. Uh, actually Matt asked this question. I got to throw this one up there. Did, uh, did Adam Sikora, did you see Adam Sakura might be coming over to the WHL? I'm really excited by him. Really good player.
2: Yeah. I mean that, that, that's good news for the, uh, for the Rangers. Um, I I think they would, they would be, um, very happy to have him come over and play. Um, I like him, him playing against men, but, You know, at the same time, he just got into some trouble over there. So I think it's probably best at this point that he just comes over at this point and let him play against, you know, his own age group, build up his confidence a bit and then see what happens.
0: Uh, Warren is also saying, by the way, I still refer to them as Czechoslovakia on mistake sometimes. Yes, Uh, I do that, too. But, you know, I show my age with that.
2: So yeah, like, I mean... Somebody the, actually I guessed I was holding my buzz. I was
0: like, All right, Anthony's got a who says no. Gold Paul Caulfield, Jones. Nick Suzuki, and a first-round pick for Tage Thompson and Jack Quinn. Who says no?
2: Buffalo, easily. Yeah. Easily. I don't, they don't even think about that. And Suzuki's a good player and Caulfield's turning into a very good goal scorer. But... The Thompson is just not the player you move right now. The uh, only way you're moving Tange Thompson right now is if you're getting a Connor McDavid or a Nathan McKinnon in return. And I don't even think, well, oh, actually, they're around the same age, so yeah, they probably would do that.
0: Be- and also, I, I'm i not sure if you would even do that because you have to pay them. Like Nathan McKinnon's making $12.5 million next year. Yeah.
2: And uh, then McDavid is a few years away from probably making somewhere between thirteen to fourteen million.
0: I, I his his next contract is going to be unreal. Yeah, it's going to be unreal, and you know the value of all these franchises are going up. Like, for instance, and and Tage Thompson, he's just on another stratosphere right now. Um with how he's playing. He plays both ends of the puck. He, mm. he, he He's electric offensively. Um, I'm going to put up Edmonton Oilers net worth. So we got right here. The Oilers are worth $1.1 billion. I still can't believe that the Oilers are worth that much. I mean, richest franchise. the 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 most valued franchise is the New York Rangers, obviously. Then the Maple Leafs and the Canadians, and then the Blackhawks. Philk, what is at ranked number fifteen? It's the it's the last one that's not ranked over a billion dollars in worth. Who are they?
2: The last NHL franchise...
0: Not ranked over a billion.
2: Not ranked over a billion. Yeah, uh, so there's
0: 17 franchises that are under a billion. Okay. Um, and I think it's going to surprise you a little bit.
2: Last one that's not a billion. Um,
0: I'm going to say... LA Kings the Pittsburgh Penguins and I think it's a little bit surprising cuz they got the new arena, they got PPG arena. Well, they got Crosby not- and Malkin, they really resurrected everything from that fa- that franchise that filed for bankruptcy twice. And and the next one after that, by the way, number 16, the Vegas Golden Knights. 9.65 billion. 9.65
2: Sorry, right, wait. 10?
0: Point nine six five billion. Yeah. Point nine six
2: five billion. Okay, so nine hundred and sixty-five million, then basically. Florida.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and the lowest uh, valued franchise, Arizona. the Arizona Coyotes, and then the Florida Panthers.
2: Wow! Did he just make that save? Who's in Oh my god! Wow! What a save! Cross cross crease pass gets through to the Canadian player. And the Gosher just makes oh it deflected up. Nope. The defensive made a play on it. Okay. Who is this in front? Funtek. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a, what a play there. My God.
0: I'm assuming this is Tage Thompson. Two of his five, two of the five goals he scored that night were over a hundred miles an hour on shots.
2: Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. That's definitely Tage Thompson. Because yeah, I remember them talking about that on the TNT cast. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, they did a, um, yeah, they did a They did a, um, a like a comparison uh, to like Mario Lemieux. And I, I've, I've seen Lemu comparisons and whatnot. And just like, I, I, I get it. Like you don't want to say anything because obviously Lemieux is a frigging top five player of all time.
0: Yeah, that's, and it's uh, it's unfair to do that to Dave unfair Thompson. Unfair to
2: Thompson, but like when you look at him and the the, the combination of size, speed, skill, power, just and talent, you, you're you're you you're, it's pretty easy to get caught up in that comparison. Two nothing Canada it looks like Brand Clark scored.
0: Brand Clark, what do I know? What team he's on? Oh, uh, that's LA. Oh, ah, here's a good one. All right, Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, and Quinn Hughes from Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Ryan Lindgren. Who says no?
2: Uh, The Rangers say no to that.
0: Yeah, I got to agree. The Rangers say no to that one.
2: Yeah, the Rangers definitely say no to that. Um, While
0: you get younger with Patterson and You don't
2: necessarily get better. I think Mika Zibanejad has really established himself as a top 10 to 15 center in the game right now. I
0: think top 10 is fine. You could say top ten.
2: Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I would be hard pressed to find ten that are undebatably better than Nika Avetadad. Um, you, 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 look at uh, Quinn Hughes is is a great young offensive defensive. They have puck movers already. Brock Besser is is a big downgrade from Chris Kreider right now, despite mm-hmm. age. and the age gap isn't big enough to justify saying oh. Well, there's so much potential with Brock Besser. Brock Besser's, it, it, from what it seems like, his best days are like almost behind him at this point.
0: Which he is insane to think about, especially that rookie season he had.
2: Yeah. He, he, for, for a while, it looked like he was going to be the collar winner in his rookie year. And then he got injured, and Matt Barzell just feasted on second line matchups behind, um, behind Jonathan Barris.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking at this Forbes list, I think the surprising team. I think the surprising team for me is Edmonton is so valuable, but you know, but they're they just got a brand new arena, so that does help. And Washington Capitals, Detroit Red Wings with the new arena, Vancouver Canucks with the new arena. I guess maybe the Amelie Arena is still what twenty years old, twenty five years old. Emily, um I don't. I and mean, they're they're the last one that's a billion. I mean I'm a little bit shocked Vegas isn't over a billion, but uh, Am- Amelie know.
2: is 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 uh ninety-six. It was uh, Ice Palace and then St. Pete Times Forum and then Tampa Bay Times Forum, but it's the same building from nineteen ninety-six.
0: Yeah. Same building that Dino Cicerelli played in. Yeah. I mean, but there's there's a lot of sliding in this in this scale for this. Like a uh, Minnesota Wild moved down six slots, they could always move back up. Mm-hmm. You know, Energy Center, they were at point eight five billion, I and mean, the Predators in Tennessee, they, they love that state, they love that team down there, and as well they should. And the Sharks being down ten spots is another one. So I mean, there's a lot of that, but I'm gonna stop boring people on that one. So, all right, Phil, you ready to wrap this up?
2: Yeah, um, I, I want to go eat and then you know watch uh, now three nothing Canada, but I want to watch this and put the audio back on. So,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I'd actually I'd like to do some of that as well. Get on, um, cause I gotta go, I gotta do the uploads for this, guys. It is always a pleasure for everybody to be with us. For these we love we love coming on for it and music can get us on here it again every single week we always try to do as much coverage as we can for you guys i actually got uh a couple videos that i'm in the works on and uh i gotta get the opinions from these guys for help but uh there's there's the stuff we got going on and again it is christmas time this is my old uh christmas stocking for when i was a kid my mom made it so it's basically the only christmas decoration that i put up uh philk what do you got for tomorrow night in the next uh, three days what do you, you got any plans for christmas
2: yeah i'm gonna see family what about you
0: uh unfortunately online's out of state i could have i could have possibly seen my my aunt and my cousins but instead i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna just work it so if, if you got nothing, I'm going to be at Boss Croakers starting Friday all the way through the new year. And, you're going to uh, be there on Except Christmas next Day. Wednesday, I got... I got.
2: Uh, wait, 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 you're going to be on Christmas Day?
0: Yeah, Christmas Day we're open 8 to 6. Oh, sorry, 8 to 4, I mean. Uh, 8 to 4 p.m.? No, 8, no, no, p.m., p.m. 8 p.m., 4 a.m.
2: That's, that's... Uh... I, I
0: guess. I don't know. Yeah, I've done it for 13 years, so it's all right.
2: All right.
0: Usually it's a good night. All right. Everybody, have a great Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, and a great holiday. And who knows, you might be hearing more from us tomorrow night. Rangers Islanders, yeesh. it is yeah. going to be. I think that's. I think that's a huge game. That's a four point game, Phil. Yeah, uh, it is. It. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. And again, Merry Christmas. Let's go, Rangers.